Pastor Jeff Grant speaking from Serena Uniting Church. That was Hillsong singing Love You So Much. And this is Radio Church on 4CRM Mackay, 107.5 FM. I am really glad you've chosen to join us today in this broadcast of Radio Church. And I hope and pray that you will be blessed in your heart, in your spirit, as we worship God together and then respond and act on his words. Let's begin with a brief prayer. Our Father, we are so glad to be in your presence. We're so glad to worship you and adore you and to wonder at the beauty of not only your creation, Lord, but of you yourself, your majesty, your power, your wisdom, your goodness, your generosity, your joy, your peace, the wonderful spirit you give to us, your Holy Spirit, and all because you gave your son Jesus Christ to be our Lord, to be our sacrifice, to be our Redeemer, to reconcile us to you and to make us your children. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to read for you from Psalm 20, one of my favorite psalms. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. May we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. Now this I know, the Lord gives victories to his anointed. He answers him from his heavenly, heavenly sanctuary with the victorious power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. Lord, give victory to the King. Answer us when we call. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. And now, dear people, we're going to hear ascribe greatness to our God, the Rock, from the praise and worship team. Here they are.
there was a group called the Praise and Worship Team, and they sang, Ascribe Greatness to Our God the Rock. You're listening to Radio Church on 4CRM. I'm Jeff Grant, and I've called today's Bible message, The Way to Heaven. And this is taken from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, and verses 17 through 31. I'm going to start off by reading just the first uh, few verses from 17 through to 22. The Way to Heaven. As Jesus was starting on his way again, a man ran up, knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to receive eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not accuse anyone falsely. Do not cheat. Respect your father and your mother. Teacher, the man said, ever since I was young, I've obeyed all these commandments. Jesus looked straight at him with love and said, You need only one thing. Go and sell all you have and give the money to the poor and you will have riches in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the man heard this, gloom spread over his face and he went away sad because he was very rich. Most people, you know, believe that eternal life and heaven is the reward of a good life. Even people who have been churchgoers in whatever denomination they belong, all their life, they still believe that it's what we do, our behaviour, keeping the commandments, as this young man said, uh, that's what rewards us with eternal life and heaven. Yet, This first section I've called, Heaven Cannot Be Earned. Now, seeking to be justified, a young man asked Jesus for the pass mark to heaven. He came up to him and knelt before him in respect, rather than uh, a state of uh, submission or repentance or humility. He was just respecting Jesus as a good teacher. He saw Jesus as someone who would know the answer and he would be able to justify himself for keeping the law. Then Jesus says to him, interesting statement, why do you call me good? It seems like Jesus understood that this man saw himself as a good person. Oh, I remember many, many years ago, I worked in a large office and uh, I was a young Christian talking to some people one day uh, about man's sinfulness. And a dear woman who worked in our office uh, heard me say that, and she turned around and said to me, Oh, no, she said, we're all good. And yet she was a good churchgoer. She told me so herself. So many people believe that by nature we're good people, and uh, if we stay that way, we'll receive eternal life and heaven. So Jesus says this man, why do you call me good? Only God is good. In other words, you're not good because only God is good. You're sinful. And then he tests him by asking him some of the moral commandments, uh, the murder, adultery, stealing, accusing falsely, cheating, respecting father and mother. He doesn't question the young man about the first commandments like, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself any uh, idol or graven image and you will not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Jesus didn't challenge him with those commandments. He said, have you, have you lived a moral life before people? And the man said, boldly and proudly, all my life I've kept these commandments since I was young. It's a lovely statement when it says, Jesus looked at him with love. And then Jesus said something very powerful. See, Jesus loves the sinner, but Jesus will not uh, water down the requirement of justification to anyone and he says to him you need only one thing you need to repent that's what he's virtually saying you need to uh, sell all you have and give the money to the poor because that's your idol this is your god you've got uh, your riches and your your power your nobility your status in life that's the god you worship and then you'll have riches in heaven if you do that And then Jesus says to him, then come and follow me. Because repentance comes first 
and then obedience and belief and trust in Jesus Christ to recognize that Jesus is God's son, the Messiah, which is exactly what the thief on the cross did. <laughs> he had no question. He had no doubt about his goodness. He, he knew he was a, a moral reprobate. He spent his whole life doing awful things and taking advantage of people of violence. And he said to the Lord, remember me when you come. That's all he said. He recognized that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, was the King of glory, and that he could have eternal life by faith in him. And of course, Jesus said to him, today, you'll be with me in paradise. Now, do you also remember the story of Zacchaeus? He was also a rich man, but he, he was a different rich man. And when Jesus said to him, uh, I'm going to spend, uh, I'm going to have lunch, spend time with you and have lunch in your house today, Zacchaeus immediately uh, recognized God's love and God's holiness, and he repented. He said, uh, right, this, right now, I give away half of my riches. He didn't give away all his riches, just half. And he said, if I've cheated anyone, I'll give them back four times the amount. So a complete repentance took place in Zacchaeus's life. And he trusted his life to Jesus Christ and the words from the Lord. This young man didn't. It says here that he, um, he went away with gloom. And, and went away very sad because he was very rich because he, he was unwilling to let go of this idol, this God, his riches. And so he lived in misery. He chose the security that his riches gave him on earth and the pleasure they gave him rather than eternity. He wanted to have it all. He wanted to have the good life and live the way he pleased and keep his God. But you see, you can't do that to have eternal life because heaven cannot be earned. Let's ponder that and wonder where we stand. Are we trusting in our goodness and our church membership and our behaviour and our thought life or are we trusting solely in the Lord Jesus Christ? I've got a song for you now from Casting Crowns and they're going to sing Make Room.
on 4CRM's Radio Church. Jeff Grant here, and I'm sharing a message I've called The Way to Heaven from Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 31. We've looked at the first part, which is uh, heaven cannot be earned. Now the second reading is from verse 23 through to 27. Here it is. Jesus looked around at his disciples and said to them, how hard it will be for rich people to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were shocked at these words. But Jesus went on to say, my children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. Full stop. It is much harder for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. At this, the disciples were completely amazed and asked one another, who then can be saved? Jesus looked straight at them and answered, this is impossible for human beings, but not for God. Everything is possible for God. I've called this section from verses 23 to 27, heaven is impossible for mankind. The first part was, heaven cannot be earned. Now the second part is, heaven is impossible for mankind. And the Lord Jesus shocks his disciples because he tells them that the kingdom of heaven is impossible for rich. And he uses a figure of speech, a hyperbole. Uh, it's ridiculous even thinking. Putting a camel through the eye of a needle. In the last week or so, I've sewn on three buttons in various shirts. Uh, and I had a terrible time getting that thread through the needle. <laughs> so it's almost impossible to get a cotton through the needle. But what a camel through the needle is ridiculous. And Jesus says, it's just not possible for rich people who've got idols of their wealth to enter God's kingdom because the first step of entering the kingdom of God is repentance for the, the gods and the idols in our life. We have to let go of those things before we can even think about trusting in Jesus Christ to save us because you can't hold on to idols and trust your life to Jesus for eternity at the same time. Now these disciples are absolutely mortified, they're horrified, and they say to each other, well, how can anyone be saved? How can anyone believe? Uh, because this, this is impossible. Uh, they don't realise that they themselves have trusted in Jesus. They've, they've left everything they had, and they're following him because they believe uh, with growing awareness that he truly is God's son, the Messiah. They weren't too sure at the beginning. All they knew what he was. He, all they knew was he was a great teacher, and that gradually, as time goes on, day after day, year after year, they discover he's far more than all they thought he was. And Jesus says to them, "Salvation really is impossible for man. 
Man cannot save himself. Heaven is impossible for man. Only God can do that. You see, uh, they still believed in some way that salvation is what we do. But dear ones, salvation, eternal life and heaven is never our idea or achievement. We can't achieve it. It's always the gift of God. Paul wrote to the Ephesian church in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. He said, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not because of works, lest anyone should boast. Salvation is purely a gift of God. He gives us the faith to believe. And we take action and surrender to Jesus Christ. We repent of our sins and our life is changed. We are reconciled to God. We receive redemption. And from that moment on, we walk with God. It's a wonderful truth, a wonderful, lovely belief that we have in Jesus Christ alone. Heaven is impossible for mankind. And Jesus said so. A camel can't go through the eye of a needle, nor can a rich person or anyone who holds on to the idols in their life, who won't let go of them, can become a born-again Christian. Let's stop and think about that. And as we listen to Hillsong again, as they sing, Beautiful Lord, Wonderful Saviour. Here they are.
course, that was live worship by Hillsong. And this is 4CRM Mackay. Jeff Grant here, and you're listening to Radio Church. And my message, The Way to Heaven. We're looking at a passage from Mark chapter 10. The first part I called, Heaven Cannot Be Earned. And the second part we just listened to is, Heaven is Impossible for Mankind. And now the third part is, the wonderful truth, that was the bad news, the good news is, Heaven is the free reward for believers. I'll read to you the last part of this section from Mark 10, from 28 to 31. Then Peter spoke up. Look, we have left everything and followed you. Yes, Jesus said to them, and I tell you that those who leave home, or brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or fields for me, and for the gospel, will receive much more in this present age. They will receive a hundred times more houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields, and persecutions as well. And in the age to come, they will receive eternal life. But many who are now first will be last, and many who are now last will be first. (laughs) Peter, as usual, piped up and spoke for the others. What about us? He said, what about the sacrifices we've made? We've, he was a married man. He'd left his wife temporarily and he'd left his work with his brother Andrew as a fisherman and uh, James and John. They'd left their father Zebedee and his hired men. They left their careers and they left everything, their income, their security, their homes, everything to follow Jesus. And Peter saying, Lord, if we made a good choice, What are we going to get out of this? (laughs) And so the Lord assures them that they will receive God's reward in this life, along with trials, but a reward especially in the next life. And Jesus could have been referring to the story of Job. Job, that wonderful book in the middle of the Bible, the Old Testament, who was a righteous man. In fact, he was the most righteous man on earth, basically. And the devil challenged God that Job was only righteous because God blessed him and protected him. So as a result, God allowed the devil to take away from Job everything he had, all his flocks, his herds, his property and his children. They, they all died. And then he, he was able to attack Job himself, the devil, but not kill him. So he was full of sickness and sores and in agony and pain. And at the end of that story, at the end of the book of Job, God restores. He restores all the children. He restores all his property. His friends all come round and they, they give him a little bit of gold and what have you. And so Job ended up with double the number of children. Half of them were waiting for him in heaven and the other half was making, were making his life full of joy and wonder. And Jesus says, if you leave all these things for me and for the sake of the gospel, I'll see to it that you are blessed in this life. But that, don't worry about that so much. That's all very well. But I'll see to it far more that in the next life, in heaven, you will receive eternal life. The Lord assures them that this is the truth. You see, these disciples, their salvation was based on their faith and their obedience to the Master. They, they'd left behind. They were repenting of their sins. They were already uh, men who, who understood that. When Peter first met Jesus... He said, depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. They understood what sin was, and they, and they, uh, and through the ministry of John the Baptist, they, they were all repenting of their sins. And then they believed that Jesus was the answer, the antidote to their sin. Now, Jesus warned them at the end in verse 31 that many who think they deserve, deserve eternity will miss out. And many who know, who know they're lost will be found. They'll be given that gift by faith, by the grace of God. You see, there are many outwardly religious but self-righteous people, just like this young man that approached the Lord, who who think they will, but they won't, be, be, uh, they won't inherit eternal life. And the Lord said in the Sermon on the Mount, in, in Matthew chapter 7, many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, I did this and I did that in your name. And he will say, depart from me, I never knew you. Because, dear ones, the way to heaven starts with repentance and then belief 
and obedience and complete trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Likewise, there are also many who, who do not believe they deserve eternal life, yet they have a saving faith in Christ. I want to share with you two things that have to be reconciled. To receive heaven, eternal life, and be saved, to experience and be on the way to heaven, individuals, you and I, have two choices. We either repent and believe in Jesus Christ, or we don't. We believe in our own goodness, our own self-righteousness. And then there's God's choice. Some people, God chooses. And it's true for a fact that some people God does not choose. Uh, Pharaoh of Egypt, when Moses did all those amazing signs and and judgments and plagues on Egypt, Pharaoh refused to believe until the point arrived that God hardened his heart. He, he said no once too often. So God said no to Pharaoh. You're not going to be saved. So in order for salvation to happen, man has got to believe and God has got to choose. We, it's, it's like we're facing a door and the door has a sign and it says, you must believe. You must repent and trust in Christ. And we go through that door and we look back and a sign on the inside of the door says, God says his words, I chose you. I called you. I gave you faith by grace to believe. Beloved, heaven cannot be worked for or bought. It is a reward only through faith in Christ and the grace of God. What a wonderful truth. Heaven is the free reward for believers. Let's have another song. This is from Alison Krauss and the Cox family as they sing, I Know Who Holds Tomorrow. Here they are. I don't know about tomorrow I just live from day to day I don't follow from sunshine For it's God 
just heard from Alison Krauss and the Cox family on 4CRM's Radio Church. And uh, now we come to the end of our Radio Church broadcast on 4CRM Mackay 107.5 FM. We've looked at a message I call The Way to Heaven. And we learned that heaven cannot be earned. Heaven is impossible for mankind. And that heaven is the free gift for believers. Here's our closing doxology. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless in the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Saviour, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. And our dear ones, I've got a couple of songs to finish with. First, Ted Sandquist as he and soul music sing Worthy of My Days. I will make life a song for you. I will fill my lips from the cup of truth. King of life, I choose to walk your
you just heard Ted Sanquist on Radio 4CRM, Radio Church. And now our final song is from the Ukrainian choir and a Kiev symphony as they sing, Precious Lord, Take My Hand. Goodbye and God bless you until we come together again. <laughs>